Welcome to Southside Student Ministries podcast, where we are all about developing students into lifelong followers of Jesus. We trust that the message that you are about to listen to will help you know God better and help you live a transformed life. If you have any questions about what you heard, please visit us online at www.southsidestudentmen.com. Thank you for listening. Yeah, definitely. So, so, peop- so, so it's harder in today's world because people actually judge you for what you do a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, the lack of what you do. Oh, or lack of what you do. Because people are like so open to do anything and everything and have like no boundaries. But when you do have boundaries, they're like. You say, I can't do that. They're like. Yeah. You're like. Whoa. Okay. Not like that. Go ahead, Carla. It's not status quo. It, it's not the status quo. Yeah. It's not the, what, the norm, the going with the flow. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Cassie. It's like everything's Right, so like you are literally on the outside looking in. Anybody else? Yeah, like they assume that you're radical and not on common ground. Yeah, they assume you're radical as a Christian. So I wrote some thoughts down of why it's hard to live in the in the world today and be a Christian. We're living. What? They're coming. Oh no, you only need to write down for a little bit. So we are living in a world where Christian values are always questioned. Christians are thought to be unloving, hateful bigots who only care about themselves and ultimately ready christianity is a religion for those who have not yet found enlightenment in other words you're so weak you need a religion or the fact of you aren't strong enough mentally to think that there is not a god so you have to create a god to follow you actually are not strong enough to make it in this world so therefore you follow on the crutch of religion. Well, in 2018, Lifeway Research Company did a research project asking this question, okay? What do Americans believe about God? And inside this study, they actually did another like little mini study inside of it. And not just what do Americans believe about God, but this is where it gets fun, is what do people who profess to be evangelical Christians believe about God? So they would ask people, okay, so what do you believe? Are you an evangelical Christian? And then they would have to say yes or no. And here's what an evangelical Christian is, okay? If someone's an evangelical Christian, it basically means this, okay? They believe in the basic orthodox tenets of the church and the basic beliefs. We are evangelical Christians, okay? Catholics would not consider themselves evangelicals. Lutherans probably would not consider themselves evangelical. But we would call ourselves conservative evangelical Christians. So the study on the one side said, what do just general Americans believe? On the other side, what do... Evangelical, they're not just conservative, what do evangelicals believe? Here's what the stats are for the Americans. You ready? Six out of ten Americans say religious beliefs is a matter of personal opinion. 60% of Americans say religious beliefs are a matter of personal opinion. Got it? 58% of Americans say worshiping alone or with one's family is a valid replacement for regularly attending church. Catch that one? Catch that one? 58% believe that actually worshiping together by yourself is a valid replacement for going to church every single week. Got it? This is Americans. Remember, this is normal Americans. Here's another one. 69% of Americans disagree that even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. In other words, 69% of Americans believe that if you just have a little tiny mess up, a little tiny fluke, that doesn't mean you have to cast in hell forever. Okay. A lot of Americans think this way. And this is, worth the, this is the culmination of this whole study, okay? It says this. For most Americans, matters of religion and faith are meant to be individualistic. Many believe faith is subjective and should not be considered truth. 
In other words, people believe that any religion cannot say this is the one thing you have to follow to be correct. In other words, what is good for you is good for you, and what's good for me is good for me, and make sure you don't mix those up, okay? Most, Christ, or most Americans believe that religion in general, belief in God, is for you and you alone, so don't put the God on me. But regarding evangelical Christians, here's how the study went. For, how do you, or for what do you believe in God? 32% of those with evangelical beliefs say that they're... Uh, sorry. 32% of those with evangelical beliefs say their religious beliefs are not objectively true. In other words, only 68% say that the Bible and Christianity is objectively the only thing that's true. 51% of those with evangelical beliefs also believe God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Okay, so only 49% of evangelical Christians in America, big picture, believe that Jesus is the only way to God. Evangelical Christians. 78% of those with evangelical beliefs also believe Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. In other words, only, what is that, 22% believe that Jesus was, is God and was not created. Many Americans who hold evangelical beliefs about the Bible, salvation, and Jesus Christ also hold beliefs that are not keeping with Scripture regarding sex and sexuality and the basics of Orthodox Christian faith, including like creation, the virgin birth, uh, Jesus' resurrection, the fact that Jesus is going to rise again from the dead. But when we studied the Apostles' Creed, I remember uh, Jessica used to be able I'm so confused in this little circle. Hi. So you used to be able to just rattle off what the Apostles' Creed was. People will hold that and be like, that's not all true. Everything in there? No, I don't believe in this, in this, in this, in this. And when you put these two pieces together, here's what the basic argumentation is, okay? Not Christian world. Christian world, it's hard to believe in Jesus, in Jesus alone. Because you have the stress from the world saying that keep your religion out of my life, keep it in your life. Then you have people on the Christian side where it's like, why are you so radical about this Jesus thing anyways? So for us to be Christians who are pursuing God, in a world that does not is extremely, extremely complicated. So here's the question that we're going to answer today, and it's actually at the top of your slip. Archie, you're reading what's on the top of your slip. Below the picture. Below the picture. Oh, don't you read it? Yep. Okay. Pursuing God in a world that doesn't. How do you pursue God in a world that doesn't? That's the question. How can you, as a Christian, pursue God in a world that doesn't? Seniors, I only got a few seniors in here tonight. I got a few seniors in here tonight. You ready? Here we go. As you leave high school, you'll be faced with so many decisions that will cause you to put your faith on the line. You will be asked to sacrifice your convictions, your belief, your faith, to move up in the world, to move up corporate ladders, and to actually not just move up into it, but just be accepted inside of normal social customs. If you're still in junior high, high school, that's like most of you guys for the next, you know, sorry, junior high is like six years. You'll be faced also with just as many decisions, but more than that, you'll be put on the spot in various ways regarding action and thought. And here's the question. Will you continue to pursue God or sacrifice your faith in order to fit in? How do we pursue God in a world that doesn't? If you're sitting in this room right now, okay? If you're sitting in this room, that's, that's all of you. You got it? That's me. You're in here for one of four reasons, okay? Number one, someone invited you, which some of you guys are here because someone invited you in the first place. 
or you don't want to be here, but your mama made you come. Let's be honest, you don't want to be here, but your mama made you come. Aaron Fairchild's here because his mama made him come. <laughs> I'll let you guys figure that one out later. Another one is you have nothing else better to do, or what I hope is why you're here is because you actually want to follow God. You actually want to pursue him. You actually want to figure out this whole, how does this Christianity thing, I believe God, but how does it work in my day-to-day life? And it doesn't matter what reason you're here. If you call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, you're called to follow God and what he desires for you. But in a world that does not pursue God, how will you stand firm in your pursuit for the things of God rather than the things of this world? That's the question. So tonight we're going to look at one Bible character, and we're not going to look at one little portion. We're going to look at most of an entire book in the Old Testament to learn about this one guy who actually was able to pursue God all the way through the end, and he was living in a world that hated his God. So grab your Bibles, go to the book of Daniel. You ready? Go to the book of Daniel. Look, at, I even brought, like, I, my Bible is somewhere in this building, so I had to grab one of these Bibles. If you need a Bible, we'll get you one. Shoot your hand up if you need one. Shoot your hand up if you need one. We'll get you one. All right. Here. So go to Daniel chapter 1. Uh, what's this? So in this conversation, as Bibles are flying around everywhere, just so you guys know, I'm going to give you guys zero ways to apply this to your Monday, Okay. I'm not going to tell you what you're supposed to learn from this, okay? We're just going to look at Daniel's life. That's all we're going to do. We're going to look at Daniel's life. I'm not going to say, okay, here's, here, Daniel, is how you apply what Daniel did. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to let you guys do that in small groups because, yes? We're having small groups tonight? Hey, no, look at me, Jessica. You're having small groups tonight. Wait, what chapter the last one? One, Daniel 1. Well, how about this? If we get through the stuff quickly so tell them to show up we'll get into small groups all right so we'll have you guys do that in small groups okay so we're gonna look at who daniel is because some of you guys might not know the story of daniel or who he is and why it's important we're looking at who daniel is and then we're gonna fly through five things daniel did to pursue god all the way towards the end so daniel chapter one we're gonna let daniel read daniel how about that that sound good is that logical all right the whole book. No. Uh, read Daniel 1, verses 1 through 7. Uh, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, nice. king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. The Lord handed Jehoiakim, king of Judah, over to him, along with some of the vessels from the house of God. Nebuchadnezzar carried them to the land of Babylon, to the house of his God with the vessels in the treasury of his bed. And the king the king ordered Ashpenaz, mm-hmm. the king of his court officials, to bring some of the Israelites from the royal family and from the nobility, young men without any physical defects, good-looking, suitable for uh, instruction in all wisdom, knowledge, perspective, yeah, uh, and capable of serving in the king's palace, and to teach them the Chaldean language and, li- and their literature. And then the king assigned them their daily provisions from the royal food, from the wine that he drank. They were to be trained for three years, and at the end of the time they were served at the king. They served in the king's courts. Among them, from the sons of Judah, were Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Azra. Uh, the king official gave them uh, other names: uh, Rakshak, 
Benny and something else. <laughs> no, he gave the <laughs> Shack Rack and Benny, baby. Yes, Benny yes. Tales. Um, he gave them the name uh, Bel Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Shadrach to Hannah, Haniah, and uh, Meshach to Mishael, and uh, Abednego to Ezra. Awesome, thank you. So, we have a lot of ground to cover. We don't have a lot of time to do it, so stick with me. We'll get through it quick, okay? Here's Daniel's dilemma that he found himself in, okay? We read who Daniel was. We read where he came from. We, we learned he was taken from his home and what happened to him. But why does this matter to your life right now? You ready for this? This is where it gets really, really fun, if I can find my place again. Daniel's dilemma was this. Daniel was an Israelite royal who was living in a place that wanted him to forget who he was and forget where he's from. And this is the Christian's dilemma as well. You ready? Christians are also royals. We read that in the Bible in 1 Peter 2.9. Christians are also royals who are living in a place that wants us to forget who we are and where we are from. Okay? So when Daniel was brought to the land of Babylon, they wanted him to forget who he was. Okay? This is what they did. They actually made him speak a different language. He had to stop speaking Hebrew, speak the actual language of the Chaldeans. He also had to learn their literature. When it means literature, it just doesn't mean there are books. It means they're holy books. So Daniel had to learn the entire religion of the Babylonian to do what? To replace the actual understanding of Yahweh. And more than just that, they actually changed his name to help him forget who he was. Does anyone actually know, Daniel, don't answer. Does anyone actually know what the word name Daniel means? Do you know what your name means? No. <laughs> How about Dan? I know Dan does. Does any of the teens? Anyone know what Daniel's name means? Dan, give it to me. God is my judge. God is my judge. That should scare you. That's the meme. That's the meme. That should scare you. Like, that's what it is. But here's what Belteshazzar means. You ready? In other words, it means Bel protect the king. I can see. All right. Easy? Shazar. It means, it means, this is, this is the best way to put it. God save, like say God save the queen, like other people say. It literally is God Bel protect the king. He took his name of Yahweh is my judge, replaced it with this foreign God, protect the king that I now serve. They gave him a new name. They gave him new identity, new education, new language. They wanted Daniel to forget who he was and where he came from. In the same way, us as Christians struggle with that as well, okay? We're royals. We're Christians. We're not supposed to be living in this world. We're supposed to be living for the kingdom of God. But there's so many things in this world that want us to forget who we are. And the things that we don't even realize. One thing is in your pocket right now or in your hand, your phone. Satan likes to use a lot of things to manipulate who we think we are. Social spheres, structures, culture, even identity and purpose and drive and education and sports. All these different things. This world without us realizing is trying to make us forget who we are, where we're going, and what we're supposed to do. Okay, and before you think, by the way, we know Daniel made it to the end. And before you think, oh, it's like sticking Aaron Fairchild in a foreign country. He's going to be all right following after God. Probably. <laughs> this kid was 13 when he was taken, maybe 12. So he was a sixth grader <laughs> who learned God's law, was stripped from his home, was given a different identity, and Daniel never ever walked away from God. And here's my question for you. 
If you were stripped from your home and you could never worship in a church again, you lost your Bible. You don't have a Bible anymore. It's you and a few friends living in some foreign country where they're making you speak a different language, learn a different religion, learn a different custom. Would you still follow God? That's the question. But I want you to think about more than this way. I'm not of this world. I'm supposed to live for the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. How are you right now pursuing God in your everyday life? Here are five things Daniel did to pursue God. And if you do them, you will also be able to pursue God as well. All right. The first one, just write this down. I I have nothing on the screen tonight. It's just a pretty picture. Um, The first one is this, okay? Daniel knew God's law. All right, that's number one. How did Daniel pursue God? He actually knew the law of God. All right, right now, number one. He knew God's law. He knew God's law. How do we know he knew God's law? And the passage Daniel Birch, not Daniel about the Shazdar, just read, it stopped right when they got a new name. But if you read the next verse, it says this in verse eight. Read it with me. Well, in your head. Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or the wine he drank. So Daniel actually knew that if he drank of the king's meat and drank the wine, that it would go against God and it would therefore be what? The Jesus S word. Sin. Thank you. Y'all got like, oh. Oh, sin. (laughs) Oh, snap. So sin. Sin, sin, sin. Got it? Why are you staring at me? Because you were like, oh, crap. I don't want to say this in church. So so he knew what went against God. He knew what sin was. He purposed that he would not defile himself. Now, we people think, it's like, oh, so so Daniel, this is like the Daniel plan. This is this is, this is is Mark Highhorse where people are like, let's let's have, like, you know, vegetarian diets like Daniel because obviously God wants to take care of our bodies. And he doesn't want us to eat meat and wine. He wants to eat vegetables. That's a load of crap. That's not what it means. Here's what it is, okay? Number one, if he as a Jew would eat the king's meat, he would most likely actually be considered unclean. In other words, he would not be holy. He would actually go against God. Second reason why it was wrong is because all meat at this time was part of a sacrifice to a foreign God, to a foreign idol. So him partaking of this meat and of this wine that was presented as a sacrifice to the God of of Baal or Bel or whoever you want to say it, was him saying, yes, he is the one that provided me this food and I'm going to worship this God and thank this God for my food. So he would make himself unclean, unfit to be before God and worship him. And he would break the one of the Ten Commandments, God's law. He actually knew the law inside and out. Here's my question for you. Do you know God's law for you? Do you? Do you know what God wants for you? If you say yes, cool, awesome. If you don't, I'll tell you next week. We're going to keep moving on. Here we go. Number two. That's what we're talking about next week, by the way. Talking about next week. So number two is this. Daniel determined to follow God no matter the consequences. <coughs> Daniel determined to follow God no matter the consequences. Okay? We're going to go super fast. Hang on your horses. We're not going to read all the scripture. I'm just going to tell you what the references are because I want you guys to go when you keep reading, you find out that he was actually chosen to be before God. In fact, when Daniel went to the, oh, it's the, it's the eunuch. He's like the keeper of all the, the, the people as they were going through this three training period. The, the guy actually said, do you want the king to kill me because you won't obey him? Do you really want him to kill you because you won't obey him? And Daniel was like, yeah, screw it. I still don't want to obey him. He didn't care. 
when Daniel was forced to stop praying and worshiping God when he was an old man in life, when he was thrown into the den of lions. Y'all know that story, right? Daniel lions den, right? God shut the mouth of the lion. He knew what the consequence was going to be. And he said, I would rather serve and worship God and die than to turn my back on God. And my question for you is this. There's going to be consequences for you following God. You will get kicked out of clubs. You might lose friends. I know this is a scary thing. You might actually lose friends. You might lose influence. You might lose positions. You might even lose a job. In fact, there are people who actually, their bosses will say, hey, if you want to make it in this world, you got to sleep with the next person higher up than you so you can keep making up the run. If you don't, you're never going to make it in this business. In fact, SLT, you guys had to read a story about a guy who sacrificed everything to make it where he was, and he ended up losing everything in the process. Are you willing to follow God no matter the consequences in your school, in your college, in your career, in your life? It's a legitimate question. If you want to pursue God, you have to be willing to do that. Here's number three. You ready? Number three, Daniel followed God with others, okay? How do we know Daniel followed God with others? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the very beginning, you actually see them doing this together. They said, we don't want to defile ourselves with the king. They went to the unit together. They said, we're going to take a stand for God together. Later on, when they were about to lose their life because it said, whoever is a royal here, since y'all can't solve my dreams, King Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to kill every single one of you. Daniel and his friends got together and started praying and actually going to God together. Now, eventually, Daniel had to stand by himself. We see that after this whole scenario happened, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, they're all together. They take a stand. They're like, yes, you pass eating just vegetables. We'll do this for the rest of the three years. They did that. They were presented. Daniel interpreted a dream. Daniel went to the palace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the various provinces of the area of Babylon. Eventually, they had to learn how to stand alone. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were together. Daniel had to do it alone. But you see, Daniel always with his friends. You see, Daniel with, is with his Christian friends. And my question for you now is, are you with Christian friends right now? When you're trying to pursue God, do you do it by yourself at your school or do you do it together? Now, I know some of you guys are homeschooled. You go to Christian school. You're, it's a whole different universe, and it's okay. It's not a sin. Like It's not bad that you're homeschooled, Christian school. I was Christian school. You'll be have to step out into the quote-unquote real world a little bit later. I know I say real world says... That's what I was always told. But for some of you guys who are in public schools, my question for you is, are you involved with other Christian clubs? There's FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. There's Salt and Light at Penn, right? That's another Christian group. I know there's so many different groups here that are represented from various different schools. There's various different Christian clubs. My question is, if you want to stand firm on your campus, what collegiate, or not what collegiate, what Christian high school, junior high ministry are you a part of to go do something together in your school and take stands for God? When you go to college, there's certain things called Baptist Collegiate Ministry on almost every campus. There's something called Crew, Campus Crusade for Christ. There's InterVarsity Club. When you go to these places, it's going to be very hard to stand by yourself. This was Aaron Fairchild's memo to the seniors. Find Christian people to stand together. Because together, you can stand by yourself. It's a lot easier to fall down. But here's my other thing, too. We're part of a youth group, okay? But here's the deal. I counted. We have eight different school districts represented in the 24 teams. So our 30 teams that are part of this youth group. We have homeschooled. We got Christian school. We got online homeschooled. We got South Bend, Mishawaka, Penn, John Glenn, New Prairie, LaVille, and 
That's kind of it. But we have eight different types of school systems represented. It's very hard for you guys to stand together for your faith when you're all by yourself in your own class. But with modern technology, you guys can do it. You guys can text one another, encourage one another, see how each other is doing, say, hey, were you able to actually do this? Were you able to stand up for your faith? Hey, you said you wanted to talk to this one person. Did you go do it? You guys can help keep each other accountable, and that's what small groups is all about as well. And that's why I want you guys to keep doing the small groups together. Find a tribe, plug in, get to work. Number four, ready? Daniel remembered that it was God who deserved the praise. Okay? Daniel remembered that it was God and God alone who deserved the praise. There's three different passages in Daniel when Daniel actually pointed the king back to the Almighty. It says the Almighty God, Almighty Yahweh. Three different times. And here's the crazy thing. You ready? Each one was to a different king. Daniel lived and ruled Babylon slash Persia under three different kings. Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, who was the guy after Nebuchadnezzar? Wasn't it? Um, well, I'll say it's Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Right? I just, I don't know. That's in Daniel 5. And then King Darius was at the very end. So Daniel ruled under three yeah. gods. And every time, they, all three, all two of them are about interpreting a dream. and said, hey, we heard you're one of the smartest guys ever. We know your wisdom. We know you, you're very close with, it says, the gods. And Daniel said, yes, I can do that, but it's not me. It's God Almighty who gives me the power to do this. So let me tell you what's about to go down. And then, crap, someone died. Like, it was just nuts. But the last one was after Daniel was saved from the lion's dead. King Darius went down to the tomb because he loved, loved, loved Daniel. We all love Daniels, don't we? We all love Daniels. And he said, Daniel, are you alive? And what did Daniel say? He didn't just go, yep. He said, my God has saved me. Every single king actually praised God. Now, did they actually choose to follow him and make him their only God? We don't know. But through Daniel's testimony, each one of those kings heard about God because Daniel did not take the credit for himself but he actually went and praised God. Now, Daniel got the jobs. He got the he got jewelry off the freaking wazoo. He got clothes off the wazoo. Preachers and sneakers, they ain't got nothing on Daniel. They ain't got nothing. He was wearing the Gucci belt, Gucci shoes, Gucci pants, Gucci hat. He was wearing all the things, okay? He got all the various different things that the world could offer, but he didn't let that get to his head. He continued to praise God for what he can do because Daniel even says, it's not me who does this. It's God who puts up leaders and puts down rulers. It's God who actually gives life and takes away life. I'm a servant of his, so therefore you should be too. Do you give God the praise when something happens or do you take all the credit and get prideful like every one of these kings that we have read about or in in this book of Daniel do? Number five, for how to pursue God in a world that doesn't. Last one is Daniel ran to God. When times got hard. Daniel always ran to God when times got hard. He always ran to God when times got hard. I actually want to read these to you because these are actually pretty cool. Um, Daniel chapter 2, verses 14 through 19. You have to go there. The, the Daniel, Shadrach, and Abednego just found out that they were going to be killed. They just found out that since no wise man link can tell the king his dream and interpret it, he was going to slaughter them all and start over. What did Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do? Here's what it said in verse 14. It says, Then Daniel, um, it said Daniel responded with tact and discretion to um, Arioch. In other words, like Daniel was sly. Like he knew how to get. Like, he, he was smart. Daniel was smart. He was tackling with discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to execute the wise men of Babylon. So he went to the dude who was supposed to kill 
all the various guys. And then Daniel asked this guy, the king's officer, why is this decree from the king so harsh? He asked the dude who's supposed to kill him, like, hey, so why is, like, like so Eli, you're about to kill me. Why is this so harsh, dude? Like, why he, like, why, why are you going to do this? Like, why, why? That's what Daniel did. The dude was freaking gutsy. Crazy, but he was gutsy. So the guy told him why he did it, and he responded, and he explained the situation to Daniel. So Daniel went and asked the king to give him just a little bit of time so that he could give the king the interpretation. Then, here we go. Daniel went to his house and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach and Benny, he told those three about the matter, urging them to ask the God of the heavens for mercy, continuing this mercy. So Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the Babylon's wise men. And then that mystery was revealed to Daniel that night. Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were supposed to die. They didn't run. They didn't flee. Where did they go to? They went to God. You also see that when the actual decree was made, because Daniel was a good guy. We know that he followed the laws of the land. We know that he was honorable to the king. We know that he was respectful of all various different things because the king loved this dude. He wasn't a piece of work. All right? Daniel was a good dude. So much so that they had to make a law that prohibited what Daniel was already doing with his God to get Daniel killed. That's what these other guys had to do. And even when they made this law that Daniel could not worship any other God besides the king, what did Daniel do? It says, just as Daniel always did, he went up to his room to pray. Just as he always did. It wasn't just the fact that he went to God when times got hard. Daniel always went to God, and that was his gut reaction for everything. And the good, and the sad, and the happy. It says, just as he always did, he went up to his room to pray. And he just didn't pray once in a while, one time a day. He prayed morning, afternoon, and night towards Jerusalem because that's where God resided. So here's my question for you. When times get rough, where do you go? Social media? Friends? Games on your phone? Just video games in general? People? Success? The older you get, maybe you experience this already. You have drugs, sex, alcohol, music even. We can run to music. That was a big thing for Nicole and I. We poured our emotions into music. That's where it was. Not just playing it, but listening to the stuff as well. Where do you go when times get rough? Now, here's the deal. God gives us certain things to help focus our energy on, but who are you using and what are you using to help get you out of problems rather than letting God do that? In a world that doesn't pursue God, how will you pursue him? That's the ultimate question. How will you make sure that when you breathe your last breath, God will say, good job. You did good, kid. You did good. We know Daniel did that. He lived a good long life. He was a royal in a different country still. He was a ruler. He was a political freaking giant. But he never stopped pursuing God. And here's my question for you as a Christian. Will you pursue God? Are you ready to pursue God? Do you know God's laws? In other words, do you know what God wants you to do? Do you know what standards you should have, what convictions you should have, where you should be able to, okay, have some freedom and liberty, but this is what God says. If you don't, that's okay. We're talking about that next week. We're going to help you guys develop that next week. Secondly, do you actually determine in your heart that you're going to actually follow God before the temptation actually shows up? Are you committed that when this happens, I'm going to say no? Do you follow God with others or are you trying to be a lone wolf Christian? Legitimate question. Number four, do you give God the praise and the credit or do you suck it all for yourself? And last but not least, do you run to God or do you run to others and other things? And here's the deal. This is a very bold statement. I'm going to make it. If you do these five things, okay, your life will still be hard. 
You're still gonna have challenges. Daniel always did these five things, and the dude was supposed to be killed twice. He was thrown into a den of lions. He lost his job, lost his fame. It, all these things are exploding in his face. He lost his home. He never saw his parents again. Life will not be easy, but if you do these five things and you pursue God with all that you are, at the end of time, God will tell you, good job. You made it. Welcome home. Because remember, we're exiles in this world. We're not made for this world. We're made for a different one. If you don't understand what that means, if you don't know where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to go, how you get there with following Jesus, I know all of you guys have been in this room with me for a long time, okay? I've explained the gospel over and over, how you get to there. But if you have not done that, come talk with one of us leaders. We'll help point you towards Jesus. But if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, my question for you is, are you willing to pursue God? This is Mark Hyde, the pastor here at Southside Student Ministry. Just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. If it's been encouraging to you in any way, shape, or form, we would encourage you just to rate us. Leave us a five-star review if you can. It actually helps other students see us when they go looking for podcasts to know that we're just not a load of crap and that they can actually trust us with the content we're kicking out. We will see you all next time here on Southside Student Ministries Podcast.